Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Charlie Matz, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of September, 2020. Consequences. We've all had to deal with consequences in our life. The thing about them is that some of them last longer than others. I remember when I was a young man and my family would help out at a farm once in a while. We would get farm fresh milk. And I'm telling you what, when farm fresh milk is cold, comes right out of that refrigerator, it is so good. But my mom warned me to inspect it each time I drank it because it wasn't pasteurized and it could go bad quickly. To this day, I don't particularly enjoy the smell of real milk because guess what? I didn't heed my mom's warning one morning and I pulled out the milk and poured it into my cereal. I was really sleepy and I took that first bite and it was chunky. Oh man, it was the worst taste I had ever tasted. And for a week straight, I was sick. And I don't know if it was because the milk made me sick or just every time I thought of the taste of that milk, it made me sick. But I suffered the consequences for about a week and honestly suffered the consequence of that, you know, action of that mistake for the rest of my life, because to this day, it still bothers me a little bit. Today, I want to start in our gospel portion of our reading. And today we come across a rather interesting story of the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, 19 through 21, which provides for us a great reminder of the eternal consequences related to how we respond to God. So the rich man is described as living in luxury and having everything he ever wanted. He didn't commit any super bad sin or anything like that that we know of, but he lived for himself. In complete contrast, we have Lazarus. He had sores that the dogs licked. He ate from the scraps of the rich man's table. This was a difficult life. In this parable, Jesus doesn't mention the spiritual status of either man, but we find out quickly what it was. Because when they die, Lazarus goes to Abraham's side and the rich man goes to Hades. The rich man asks Abraham to send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. And then Abraham responds saying, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. This is a stark reminder of the finality of death. The rich man doesn't argue with Abraham, but rather asks if Abraham can send Lazarus to tell his brothers about the reality of where he's at. Abraham responds by saying that they have Moses and the prophets. So his brothers, they don't need to be warned. They have been warned. The rich man then suggests that if someone visits them from the dead, they will repent. Then Abraham delivers an incredible line here at the end of our passage. He says, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. So first of all, I hope this parable drives us to our knees to worship God for the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10.31 says, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, of the living God. And we see here that that is definitely true unless we are in Christ Jesus. I want us to focus on two great takeaways from this passage today. One, if you're listening to this and you haven't put your trust in Christ, this is a dire reminder of the finality of death. You don't know when it's going to happen and there is nothing you can do when it comes knocking. 
And you know, this is a reminder that we are spiritually binary. I've talked about this before. We are either in Christ, putting our trust in Christ, or we are still condemned by our sin to eternal separation from God. There's no in-between, as we see here very clearly represented by this parable of, of the rich man and Lazarus. You know, today is the day of salvation, as Pastor Ben reminded us this past weekend during his message. And then secondly, all of us who have put our trust in Christ, this should motivate us to share the gospel all the more. We should pray for God to give us the boldness to share the reality of what the rich man is experiencing, the finality of it, and the eternal reality of it. Now let's dive into our Old Testament reading today. It's Proverbs 8 through 11. In chapter 8, we dive into the value of wisdom. Starting in verse 10, we read, Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Then we read on to see wisdom's role in creation here, starting in verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old, ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth, before, before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. This same wisdom we can get from the Lord, this same wisdom that has this incredible value, it's better than jewels, and all that you may desire. It's not going to compare with this, right? And then the power of wisdom being there at the creation. And in James 1 verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. We can ask the Lord and come to him to to receive the same wisdom that's being talked about here in chapter 8. That is an amazing thought. Let's pray for wisdom this week. Then in chapter 9, uh, you know, it takes a close look at two opposing feasts of wisdom and folly that bookend the chapter. So uh, take a look at that. Uh, notice the differences. This is another good reminder that the call of wisdom and folly are more easily discerned by knowing the word of God. It kind of goes through this, this call of wisdom and what that looks like in this call of folly. Well, sometimes in our lives, we have a hard time discerning that unless we are in the word of God, unless we ultimately have the Holy Spirit. Uh, answering the call of wisdom leads to flourishing. Answering the call of folly leads to the depths of Sheol. The, the stakes are big. This reminds us of the rich man and Lazarus. Wisdom is ultimately going to help us uh, go toward that understanding that we are sinners separated from a holy God and we need to uh, we need to repent and put our trust in Christ. Folly is going to say, hey, I can do it on my own. And, and that's going to lead to the depths of Sheol. In chapter 10, we begin the Proverbs of Solomon. Chapter 10 and 11 are like rapid fire of a variety of different topics. Now, here's a few that stood out to me today. In chapter 10, verse 19, it says, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Now, it's easy to point the finger at others with a proverb like this, especially today when there's so much noise going on. But let's reflect on this proverb today, asking the Lord if there's any room in our lives for a few less words. And then in chapter 11, verse 24, it says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers once. Perhaps now more than ever is a time to examine what God has given you to steward over. And perhaps this is a time to examine how much that you trust him. Do you and I really believe that God blesses those that give freely? Or are we afraid to let go of what was always God's in the first place? 
you know, as you read through these Proverbs, use it as an opportunity to stop and pray. Many times a single proverb or two will stand out to me and it is usually either something that encourages me or convicts me. Either way, it's a great opportunity to spend some time with the Lord seeking his will for his glory. Now let's jump into our Psalm reading today. Uh, we're reading Psalm 104, 29 through 35. Uh, There are four verses in this passage that I want to focus on today, starting in verse 31. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. First, I don't know about you, but when I Read who read the you know the the verse here. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? I'm a bit concerned for our world who has less and less reverence for God. The created has snubbed its nose at the creator. If I think about the power of God in light of this reality, it makes the hair on my arm stand up a little bit. Which brings me to the next verse. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. If we don't sing to the Lord, if we don't sing praises to our God, who will? Perhaps this is a good time for you and I to pause and ask ourselves, do I have a high enough view of God? Because out of that high view will come singing. Out of that high view will come praise. So here's a good good question to think about today. Do I find myself singing praise to the Lord all of the time? If not, why? Because remember, if those of us who claim to have received the greatest free gift of grace ever given to anyone in history, aren't singing praises to God, do we really comprehend what we have been saved from and saved to? Now let's take a look at our encouraging and practical passage in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 1, the entire chapter. Paul wrote uh, 2 Timothy as he awaited execution. Even so, he was concerned about Timothy and his continuing walk with Christ as a disciple and a leader. As I read this this morning, I was praising God for the model of discipleship that Christ has given to us. Some of the most encouraging times in my walk with Christ have come from a mentor or even a disciple. As we dive into 2 Timothy today, let's remember how important it is to have someone to learn from and someone to teach. If you don't have either in your life, pray for God to bring them and then talk to leaders in your church to get plugged in. We should have disciples or a disciple like Timothy is to Paul here. We can look to Paul to apply three important elements in our discipleship. One, pray for them constantly. In verse three, Paul says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Second, encourage them in Christ. In verse 8, it goes on, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And then three, point them back to scripture. In verse 13, it says, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You know, at the beginning of our time today, I talked about consequences and how they can last a lifetime or an eternity, as we see in the case of the rich man and Lazarus. I pray that this reality will lead us to take seriously the role we play in discipleship. I pray that this reality will lead us to a great need for God's word. I pray that this reality will lead us to a greater urgency in how we share the gospel. In 150 years from now, everyone on this planet will be living out the rest 
of their eternity. The only question is this, where will they be? With the rich man or with Lazarus? Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.